Have you ever had a ride in a light blue car? <laughs> Have you ever stopped to think who's slave and who's the master? Have you ever had trouble with your automobile? Have you ever had to push, 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 push? Car trouble, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> What's that song? Oh, mate, I'm going to have to send you back to uh, Stuart Leslie Goddard, also known as Adam Ant, from the, oh, yeah. from an Adam and the Ants song that I never knew of. But not, uh, uh, not schooled on the Adam and the Ants, mate. I'm happy to bring you up to speed, mate. I've got a heap of notes on Adam Ant when we get to the end of this uh, for our music chat. But in the meantime, I'm a little bit humbled. Welcome to the studio, Boris Viskovic, also known as Brutal. How are you going, mate? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah, uh, thanks for the uh, invitation. Um, yeah, very honoured. No, nah. well, normally we no, leave our guests. We're the ones on it. Yeah, we normally <laughs> leave our guests sitting there on the sideline while we talk shit about what's going on this month. And uh, yeah, couldn't hold off on this one. <laughs> so that sounds good. I want to say too, yeah, you sort of reached out to us right at the start, probably about a year ago, you know, and offered your time if we wanted to get you involved and have you come on board and. Gave us a little bit of well-timed praise as we were about to head in and do the next episode. So, yeah, well, I, you know, I did a um, podcast with you know our, our good friend Simo a few years back and really enjoyed it. We did a we did a review and we did it on the very first issue of Street Machine I ever bought, which was February March nineteen eighty four. Yeah, showing my age a bit, but um, and I really enjoyed it. It was just a, it's a great thing to go through and just you know yarn about what's in the magazine. So, yeah. Yeah. well, it's good. That's good. Anyway, uh, any general business, Moses? Yeah, I'm just having. I don't a think look. there's much much to report. The um, well, this will be coming out in September, so uh, voting will be well and truly underway for the uh, little competition. Yep. Um, so um, yeah, keen to see how that plays out. But apart from that, uh, car updates. You're still uh, we're still waiting for the ramps to get fitted on your car. You? Yeah? yeah, cars in tomorrow, mate. Um, Sunday now, tomorrow Monday. Dave's happy to see the car back and get that over the line. So, hoping it's all plain sailing. And what took us three days of reconnaissance last time might be half a day to fit up. So, yep. Yeah. Well, it should it should be all just bolt on now. So it shouldn't take long at all. Yeah, no, nah, it'll be all go. And you know, while we're talking car updates, have you had a bit of an issue with yours too, Boris? You got a bit of an issue with the Rambler, or you know? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, well, it was. Perfectly fine until I pulled it to bits. Well, it, it had a noise. It had a bit of a rattle, which we assumed was a cracked flex plate. And um, so I thought, well, I've been looking for an excuse to pull the motor out and give, give it a bit of a tidy up. And I was thinking set of gaskets and a paint job. Yeah. And then once I started pulling it apart, um, yeah, and, and struggled to get a couple of lifters out, I had a closer look and, yeah, just that it, it had worn a couple of the lifters and the cam didn't look too bad. It didn't flatten any lobes but you know it's been in the car for 11 years and uh but the main thing was the bearings the bearings were pretty pretty shot so i think i probably pulled it out just in time to be honest because i do tend to lean on it every now and then so um (laughs) (laughs) didn't have to let go in a big way (laughs) yes yeah. yeah and it's you know like it's pretty amazing i was pulling it apart um 
uh, at Allfast with uh, Simon Travellini looking over it. And he's just shaking his head, shaking his head, going, "How the hell did this thing run a 12? You know, so <laughs> maybe once you button it all up together and actually make it run properly, it'll uh, maybe go quicker without any upgrades. But I'm, I'm planning to do a couple of little things, not too much. But um, yeah, no, that's very cool because we'll get into that then in the Neville Eight Eight under the uh, current cars, or you know, we've got got a few options there. Um, yeah. You got got any more any more general business, AO? No, uh, no, I've well, I'm pretty sure I was finished the uh, polishing work on the on the Chev last episode. I think I can't remember, but um, anyway, that's all looking nice and pretty. I've got to start on the inside now. But apart from that, yeah, nothing else. Uh, I've got a note here to talk about Smody, but we might do that maybe later on yeah. down the magazine review, perhaps. Yeah, well, just another one I've got, which is random. As Scotty will tell you, I'm back on post-it notes, mate. I've got them everywhere. Oh, I've got my notepad. I've got my notepad with spare bits of paper hanging out of it. But something that I've got that I saw on Jay Leno's garage, right? Uh, the 2023 electric Cadillac SUV mm. um, coming in at sixty something thousand, three hundred and forty horsepower, like. Doesn't seem dear. And that'll, be, that'll be US on Tibbon. I mean, yeah, and ignoring the, the, the bigger price you've got to pay to build all these electric vehicles as well. Like this is the one that might get a few mum and dads over the line. They're, it's got a 300-mile range, but Cadillac have made the claim they're going to be all electric by 2030. Mm, a lot of them are doing that. Yeah, so I'm just... Well, 60 grand, it'll be 130 landed here if it ever... If it ever yeah, if, even if it gets to Australia, which I doubt it will, but yeah. probably 140, 150 grand, which is probably still cheaper than the, the big Tesla, I suppose. So. Yeah, and the only factory upgrade you can get is you can go with the 22-inch wheels. Otherwise, everything else comes standard. Um, they're, and they're boasting that it's got 50-50 weight distribution. But so is, has. so is my Nash. Five tons on the front axle and five tons on the rear axle. Yeah, well, the Nash is fifteen ninety and it's fifty fifty front and rear. So you know, the forty eight Nash Ambassador with a three oh eight and a turbo three fifty can do the same there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just a piece of paper I can get rid of now. So that's all right. Oh, uh, look, I can see we're going to be venturing into more EV chat as we go along on the journey. But um, anyway, that's yep. something I deal with. Every second day at work, but yeah, yeah, that's, no, that's awesome. uh, it's the world we're living in at the moment. That's it. Well, I'm glad to get rid of that piece of paper, it felt dirty even holding on to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, well, we might as well jump into um, our questions for, for our guests. That's it. Okay. Um, I just got a quick one. How did you uh, get into the writing and, and that sort of stuff? How did you get into writing for Street Machine? Well. It started off, so I've got a background in, in IT. So I was a very early adopter, early adopter of um, websites. So I created um, the rumbler.com, so T-H-E hyphen R-U-M-B-L-E-R.com back in the late 90s, probably 98, 99, something like that. Yep. And um, I would go to car shows, I'd take photos, and which a lot of people did, but I, I made up a web page and I put a little caption next to each um, photo, mm. and you know, because I, I I was no one, and no one really gave a shit. I used to say some, you know, I, I was fairly blunt with some of my criticism. Hence the uh, the brutal uh, handle on on all those forums <laughs> and that back in the day, which was actually a nickname given to me from a, a friend of mine that I went to uni with who who passed away uh, uh, quite a few years ago. So 
a kind of, uh, you know, username to honour him. But, um, uh, yeah, when your name's Boris, you don't get too many nicknames. So, yeah, he was about the only person that ever called me, <laughs> called me that. No, that's but cool. um, so I moved to Sydney in 2001 because I'm a Perth boy, born and bred. And, I, you know, so that gave me an opportunity to go to a lot more events on the East, or, you know, around Sydney and, and uh, on the East Coast. And um, so the website got updated pretty frequently, you know, and I'd share it to forums and, you know, lots of people in the US, you know, saw it as well as people locally. Yep. And then about 2003 or 2002 or three, um, Larry O'Toole at Australian Street who I'd, I'd met before, um, saw my post about the Rat Rod Day in Sydney and he said, oh, I can never get to that show because it clashes with a show in, in Melbourne. So can you maybe do a, you know send me the photos and do a story? I'm like yeah okay you know so <laughs> gave it a crack yep. and um and yeah that was um that was my first foray into into writing and then I did a few more things for Larry you know took a few more photos did a couple of feature stories and then Telfo um, when he was at Street Machine picked up my website for the click and drag section that they had and that was you know same about 2003. He spelt the website name wrong. He forgot the hyphen, which is a bit of a pain. Um, someone already had the rumbler.com without a hyphen. And uh, so I think I emailed him and they corrected it or whatever. But then, um, uh, you know, I kept doing stuff on, on the website and for, for Australian street riding. And then my job as an IT guy started to really get to me and I chucked it in. Yep. And so my wife said to me, well, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to, you want to continue with this magazine stuff? You know, who should you work for? And I said, well, I guess if I'm going to work for anyone, it has to be Street Machine. You know, that's um, they're the they're the best in the business. And she's like, well, give them a call. And uh, so I did that. I, I looked up the number and I rang you know, ACP Publishing and I said, oh, can I speak to someone at Street Machine magazine? And they put me through you know, two or three different people. Yep. And then, yeah, you know, at the end of the line, um, it's like, oh, hello, this is Jeff. You know, so they actually <laughs> put me through to Jeff. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, oh, holy shit, you know. So I'm, I'm chatting away. I said, oh, you know, I've done a bit of work for, for Larry, and I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about getting into, you know, um, a bit more journalism and stuff. And you know, can I come in and you know have a chat with you one day? And he's like, yeah, 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 no worries. And I'm thinking he'll say, you know, oh, you know, come in, you know, six months time or something. He goes, oh, can you come in tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> got all my photos together and scanned all my stories that I've done for Australian street riding and. Yeah. And went into Sydney, you know, into town when they used to be in Park Street, and went up and met Jeff and uh, and um, I think we uh, yeah we got in the same lift together and um, and I was wearing a Hearst you know t-shirt with a Hearst shifter symbol on it and he's like cool t-shirt and then I said <laughs> oh yeah I'm gonna meet you so um, yeah we went up and, and had a chat. And you know, I, I, yeah, at the time, I thought my photography was pretty good because I, you know, I, I've always had a, a camera in my hand at car events. But he's kind of flicking through the photos, and I'm like, oh wow, he's not getting that excited about it. And then looking back, I realised how good the actual photographers were compared to me. Yeah. And then, um, but he actually read my articles, and you know, he was really spending the time to read through the articles, and he's like, oh yeah, no, that's this is all really good. You know, you've got a good style, and you know where the commas and apostrophes go. Yeah. You know, and that's partially because, you know, I've got a degree in computer science and I worked at law firms and, you know, lawyers are pretty fussy about where you put your apostrophes <laughs> and things. So, yeah. um, which is, you know, when you're a car guy, that's a big advantage. And um, uh, if you want to be a journalist, although it doesn't seem to be entirely necessary. Yeah. So, yeah, um, and 
and the the sage words that Seto gave me when I I said, uh, "So do you think you'll give me a job?" He's like, uh, "Well, we'll give you one job. It's entirely up to you whether you get a second job." So yeah. <laughs> if you want to later on, that's uh, that's probably the you know, the wisest uh, advice I'd ever gotten from anyone. And um, and 18 years later, I'm still working for him. So I guess it's all worked out pretty good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. How would you want to kick off, mate, with the questions? Or you got something else for him? No, no, I'm pretty happy to t- tag along there. No, yeah, no saying that something random won't come up in the middle of our bloody episode, but, you know, at the Probably. moment I'm okay. I'll find that other page of notes. I'll go, that's right, hang on. Um, but in the meantime, let's go to the Never Late Eight questions and uh, what's your first car-related memory? Oh, well, I, I reckon – so I've got a twin brother and I reckon we're about four years old. Yep. And we're part – mum, mum you know, went to the shops um, – and it was one of those kind of 60s style, just it was called the plaza or something. It's just like a shopping strip, you know? Yep. And the, the car park had a really steep, um, you know, angle to it. So where you park up against the shops. Yep. And um, so we're in a Volkswagen Beetle. My, my dad's 1966 Volkswagen Beetle. Mum just quickly runs out to the shops. And um, so me and my brother in the car and, you know, we're just four years old and dicking around, whatever. And he's playing with a handbrake. He's in the front seat. I can the feel this coming. No, that's not how you do it. And so I showed him. You, you lift it up and you press the button and then you let it go. Yeah. Of course, didn't, not understanding gravity as, as a four-year-old, yeah, we started going <laughs> back and we basically bumped into a car that was driving behind us. And mum just came out, you know, running, screaming. <laughs> no one got there. But that's pretty much the first thing I remember about um, uh, yeah, anything to do with a car. you know. And then I've got plenty of other memories of, you know, yeah, from from a fairly young age, and yeah, always my brother and and myself always had a bit of an interest in cars. It seems. Yep. Yeah. Uh, really cool. What was the uh, first car you had for yourself, mate? What, where did it all start? Well, um, the first car I had was a was a TC Cortina, which is kind of funny because people accuse the Rambler of being a debadged Cortina. That's the the joke, the running joke. But. Um, <laughs> But I had, a, I had a friend who had an older brother and he had a Cortina and I kind of got to drive that once. I went, oh, this thing actually goes all right, you know, with a two-litre and a, and a, and a four-speed. Yep. And um, so I got that, paid like 1500 bucks for it and had a, had a stereo with a graphic equaliser, you know. So <laughs> that, that was always I mean, a bonus yeah. back then. <laughs> and, um, you know, just a, it, it had rust in the rear quarters and, you know, all the usual stuff, but it was it was okay. It got me, got me through, you know, first couple of years of driving. And... Um, uh, you know, we, we lowered it by cutting the coils and, and, and we thought, oh, we'll take two coils out. You should never start with two coils. You should always, <laughs> and so we cut two coils out and when we put the car back down, it's like, oh, okay, no worries. And, and the cross member used to be so low that we were driving along, me and a bunch of mates in the car one, one night and there was a Coke can lying on the side, of, on, on the, on the road. Yep. As I drove over it, it actually hit the cross member of the car. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, yeah, the cross member was definitely not 100 mil off the ground. Yeah, no, that sounded and, like that used, that used to be yeah, the, uh, the. Didn't really help the handling at all. I did understeer into a curb once, and um, you know, and a few other things. But the, the that <laughs> made a slightly untimely uh, demise when I I put a side draft Weber on it, like a 40, just a single, all I could afford, a single side draft Weber with a you know a links manifold or something. Yep. And um, we put it on that afternoon, but it, it was raining, it was a bit shitty, and a mate was coming over and we were watching uh, June on on TV, and I that, that movie still gives me the shits, and I thought, oh, no, fuck this, let's go for a cruise. You know, I'm, I'm itching to drive a car, and so we went into town, 
And yeah, they were doing some roadworks in town and I was only doing like 30 Ks, 40 Ks, whatever through the roadworks. And I didn't see that they cut the island in half and I drove up over the island and the curb that they chopped in half caught the cross member. And I basically had to climb out the window because it had bent the front of the car down so much that it looked like the Concorde. So I just wrote it off. So that was um, the end of that one. (laughs) But, you know, silver linings, I I ended up, um, you know, borrowing the Rambler from my grandfather after that. Yep. So, yeah, that that worked out well. (laughs) That's unreal. And so what year was that that you bought the Rambler? Uh, 1986. 86. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's incredible. So I got license in 84 and, yeah. um, you know, had the, I can't remember the dates exactly, you know, yeah, all these yeah. things and you get on with your life. I'd, I'd, I've never kept a diary or anything, but, yeah, probably drove the Cortina for a year and a half. Yeah, like I blew the motor up once, so I know we did that. I blew the, <laughs> I blew up the gearbox once doing burnouts at the front of my cousin's uh, mechanic <laughs> work because they had a big plate glass window. So you'd pull out the front. And yep. do a burnout, watch the burnout in the reflection in the tin window. So, <laughs> yeah, that just ended up with a, yeah, like a very, um, yeah, very kind of wobbly gear stick. It just had no, no gears at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then so, yeah, my grandfather was yeah, in his 80s at the time and he didn't get his license back one year. And he says, oh, look, the Ram was just sitting there. Why don't you drive that? And so I borrowed it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. Uh, well, that's number three, probably. Then is that the favourite car that you've owned? Well, yeah, yeah, no, I, I did, I did put that down. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's, uh, yeah, my, my grandfather had it from new. I, you know, it's it's been a big part of you know me, you know, growing up. Always, always remember the car. Um, yeah, you know, I've been been in the car just about since the day I was born. He got the car 29th of September. 1967 and I was born October 30th 1967 so yeah, no, it's perfect it's, it's always been around um and uh you know I used to get driven to school in it as a kid and now I take my kids to school in it and all yeah. that you know it's running which is most of the time and what and what gets... you know, I, I thought as you know apart from that obvious answer in terms of you know favorite other cars like famous cars Yep. Um, yeah, for, for, I'm, I'm going to break it down a bit for for a hot rod. You yeah. didn't want a short answer, did you? No, that's um, all right. You can yeah, go long winded. <laughs> I've always loved the the Doan Spencer 32 Ford, which is just an iconic, you know, high boy 32 Roadster, and um, yep. yeah, that's just the epitome of, of hot rods as far as I'm concerned. I love the Hirohata Mercury, yeah, you know, custom, um, and especially the the story about you know Jim McNeil who. Who bought the car in 1959 and then drove it for ages and then kept it and you know, knew that he'd fix it, you know, up one day and that, that happened, you know, about 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, I think he's since passed away, but that, that car is amazing. Um, and and a bit closer to home, like for a street machine, I just I just always loved Ron Barclay's Ute, you know, the HQ. Yeah, um, I love the simplicity of it and the attention to detail. And and when I was picking a colour for my car. I was flicking through and I'm like, oh, Coral, Holden Coral. Yeah, mm. that's well, the Ron Barclay painted as you. Yep, that'll do. So yeah. that might be the same colour as, uh, as, as Ron's you. So, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely excellent. Um, and how do you get a Rambler of that vintage to run in the 12s, mate? What, what mods has it got? What have you done to it along the, over the years? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, it's evolved over the years. You know, it, it came out with a six-cylinder, like a fairly decent six-cylinder, a 232 cube. Yeah. Uh, motor and so, same one that they ended up using in the like the, the Jeep, the first Chrysler Jeeps, the 4.0. Yeah, that's that's actually a 1966 Rambler six cylinder, yeah, with a fuel injection on it. But 
I had that for a bit. I'd put a cam in it and exhaust, and it ran like a 17 flat at Ravenswood. And then I put a little 290 Rambler V8 in it. So that's the first of the you know, that series of uh, Ramblers. Yep. And that had big valve heads on it, heads off a 343 cube motor and a bit of a cam. And that ran a 14.9. Yep. And then I rebuilt that motor again in Sydney and it ran a 14.4, but that was a bit of a bodgy backyard kind of rebuild and it just got slower and slower after that. Um, I think they put washers under the valve springs and that kind of caper to, to rebuild the heads, yep, you know. Yep. And then about uh, 2010, when the dollar was good, um, I pulled the motor out once again for a bit of a freshen up and just thought, nah, screw this. I'm, I'm going to build a 360 for it. So the, the Rambler 360s are you know, pretty common. They're, they're in all the Jeep Cherokees and a lot of the yeah. bigger Ramblers, and they're just a good good solid basis. So it's, you know, 360 that's bored 30 thou over. It's got um, Wiseco forged pistons, but they're just the, the kind of nine and a half to one compression. I was too scared to go to flat tops and... Yep. Push it around 12. In hindsight, I probably should have done it. Uh, <laughs> it's got scat rods, standard crank, but it's all balanced. It's got Edelbrock heads, uh, yep. just a hydraulic flat tap at Lunardi cam, um, and a uh, Edelbrock uh, dual plane you know, like air gap intake and a 750 double pumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know just a good, honest car. Only makes about probably 350, 360 at the motor, and yep. about two, you know, 250 or so at the tyres. It's got a turbo 400 in it and a big. AMC 20 diff, so it's all all the whole drive line's been swapped out, and yeah. it's pretty bulletproof. But um, yeah, so the fir- first time I took it down with the 360, it ran 13.2. Yep. And then I just um, discovered that the valve springs weren't up to scratch, and then once I sorted that out, then it revved properly, and I got it yeah r- running at 1286 at 108 mile an hour. It's about the best it's not. Yeah, no, that's yeah. really cool. And that's driving there, you know, drive it to the track. <clears throat> Put the ET streets on if I, you know, sometimes I drive around on the ET streets and then just uh, <laughs> pull the stuff out of the boot and go racing. Yeah, yeah why not? Awesome. Uh, any regrets? Well, you know, normally these regrets of, you know, because you sold a car that you, you know, you wish <laughs> you owned, and I've, I've never had any intention of selling the Rambler. You know, the, the regret is never having enough money to have all the cars, you know, we, yeah. we want, but um, yeah. not picking auto numbers, but no, I've had a few people. You know, ask me if I if I'd ever sell it, or you know, and actually have asked if I would sell it to them, and I'm like, nah, I couldn't couldn't do it. So, no, no, no regrets. Um, missed yeah, opportunities because we tied missed opportunities to that sometimes too. Is there anything you could have bought that maybe you would have would have wanted to buy for yourself that you let? Oh, yeah, there's you know, there's been a few things. I remember specifically <laughs> one year I was um, in 2003. I went down to Geelong for the Hot Nationals, and there was a Model A on on 32 rails there, um, had a, like a, I think a 327 Chev in it and a Muncie and a quick change rear end. It yeah. was a hot, you know, spoke wheels <laughs> and trackers on it. And the number plates on it were pre 48. So PRE 048, well-known Melbourne car. Like yeah, yep. And man, just killer. And he said, Oh yeah, you can, you know, I said, yeah, oh, that's a beautiful car. He says, Oh, you know, it's for sale. If you've got $57,000, so I rang my wife and said, $57,000. She's like, no. no <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but I, I would have, if I had that money, yeah. Yeah. Um, been an amazing car. And there was even a up in Sydney, a 32 Roadster that came up for sale that was an old old hot rod, had a pretty kind of funky set of flames on it. I've got a funny feeling that ended up selling for something like 20-something grand, you know, yeah. in the early thousands. And 
Yeah, it'll yeah, be old mate, old mate Gerald built um, Scotty Gom's A-model Roadster. Scotty wanted yep. Gerald's car. He wouldn't sell it to him. He built him one sort of very, very similar. And in the end, Scotty said, can I just take yours home and you can have mine? Like, you know, brand new, fresh car. But, yeah, yeah he just wanted that wanted that story, wanted that character, you know. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I dearly, you know, like desperately want to build a, a hot rod, but I, I want a genuine old car because to me it's about – saving an old car and keeping an old car going. You know, so I'm be a bit of a, a snob about that. I don't want to do a fiberglass one or even a repro steel one, you know, so no. we'll get there, we'll get yeah. there. But and a bloke that's into a Rambler and a bloke that's into a Nash could probably build a bloody Citroen hot rod if he had to just to get some steel to play with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're a bit odd, I reckon, you know, probably got, got to be aligned under that AMC banner. Yeah, yeah. well, we're practically cousins, yeah, the, the whole Nash, Hudson, AMC thing, it's all, all related. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, moving What's on. Next one? Yeah, got fa- the favorite favorite event. Is that what you got next? Yeah, that's well, just- well, you're not going to get a short answer for this either. Like, I, you know, I've <laughs> I've um I've been very fortunate. I've been to you know pretty much all of the big events in in a, in Australia and and a lot overseas as well. You know, just just rattling off a few. Like, you know, obviously motivation and summonats. I've I've been to maybe. Well, the first summonats I went to was with Street Machines. So I've always been there working, you know, and, and it's been good because you get access to all areas. So first summonats I went to was summonats 18. I've been to pretty much everyone since then. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been to, been to the Red Sandinats a couple of times. I went to the very first one, and then I went to the one last year because I was the only bastard that could get on a plane and go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been to DLRA Speed Week, uh, you know, Bonneville, for Speed Week there, I've been to SEMA, I've been to the Detroit Autorama, I went across when Chris Bitmead took Xbox. Um, I've been to the Grand National Roaster Show um, on, a, on a tour with um, Des Russell from, you know, out Castlemaine Way. Yep, yep. Um, on the Boogaloo tour there. Um, I even went I went to the UK when I was I was studying at uni and we, we were racing a car that we built at Silverstone, but I was there um, the same time that the Pendine Sands beach racing was on in South Wales. So that's put on by the Vintage Hot Rod Association in the UK. Yep. And you want to talk about traditional hot rodders, uh, you know, these guys still run mechanical brakes and they're driving down the freeway at 60 miles an hour and these things are mechanical brakes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one guy saying, oh, yeah, but I, I understand how these work. Hydraulics, it's all just black magic. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're cool. <laughs> um, and, and that, you know, that's... That's um, an amazing event, but I, th- I think out of all of those, really the, the Red Sandinats, I-, I just always have a have a blast there, and um, it's just something about I think being in Alice Springs in September is awesome because it's you know it's a bit of warmth, yeah. it's just such a laid back vibe. As a kid, I lived in Kalgoorlie for a couple of years, so I, I love the red dirt, um, and it's just just cruising the streets. You know, you got a you got the car show, you got like indoor car show, you got the outdoor show and show, and you got tough cars cruising the streets and then like five minutes down the road, you got a, a killer drag strip yeah. and, and some really tough cars, you know, and there's a lot of tough cars in Darwin that make it down there. And yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of people come up from Adelaide and quite a few from Perth even, you know, and it's, it's just great. It's just yeah. a, a good event. Everyone really gets into it and it's just, mm-hmm. there's no bullshit, you know, there's, yeah, just, um, just laid back and easy going. Yep. Perfect. Um, now, current cars, so we've covered the Rambler pretty heavy. Um, you haven't got anything else at home other than probably a daily, but... Yeah, no, not not, not really, but, um, yeah, like, you know, the whole dream, the dream garage thing. Uh, yeah. I've always thought about a hot rod and a custom and a, and a street machine or, or something tough, you know, something fast, 
then that'd be a pretty pretty cool little collection to have. You know, that's, guys have the cars, but you know, you can only drive one at a time. Yeah, so no, that's a perfect trinity for sure. Be crazy, but um, <laughs> you know, as I said before, like a, a thirty-two to thirty-four roadster, I just you know be a a high boy, just that late fifties, early sixties style. You know, tough motor, um, just you know a manual, quick change, just just proper old school hot rod. Um, and I'd love to do a custom like a fifty-five Chevy, and this could you know theoretically be my wife's car just a mild custom yeah just you know skirts just a nice small block in it or you know heaven forbid even put an ls in it who cares keep the bonnet shut it's a custom you know yeah well, there was one that was in the feature from nostalgia lane a 55 but it's got the custom grill and the flames on it and everything and in a world where they're all looking the same it's a cool car i love it yeah. i mean you know you don't need to do much there's such a out of all the tri-5 <clears> shit, no offense <throat> yeah man with seven but 55s to me are just Perfection, you know, just um, just so simple and clean. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of 55 as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but I'd, I'd have any nomad of any. <laughs> any <laughs> <laughs> and a slightly slightly oddball thing. I mean, what I've always wanted to get. Um, so very similar to my Rambler, but in 1969, Hurst did the SC Rambler, so the, the Scrambler. Yeah. And that was a you know like a limited edition. They only made you know 1512 of these crazy red, white, and blue. Um, you know, kind of super stock cars or whatever. You know, they were um, uh, a 390, a four-speed, um, you know, stripped down. They had crazy um, <laughs> arrows and big red banner down the side. It was just a late 60s, you know, red, white, and blue, you know, uh, America thing. Yep. And, yeah, but you can make them into a really tough, you know, um, tough little drag car, you know, 390 and a four-speed. Geez, in a car that weighs probably 1,300 kilos Absolutely. or less. Absolutely, be a lot of fun, and it just and you know, had this ridiculous looking car, and it's like that's how it came from the factory, officer. You know? <laughs> and again, like you know, if you're shopping for Ramblers, it's not the same as shopping for Falcons or shopping for Holdens. You know, the market's probably still there. Oh yeah, yeah. Scott, Scotty's just pulled me up a photo of one on his phone, mate. So yeah, yeah he just pulled up a photo of one of those Scramblers. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going full. He's going They did like a crazy paint scheme, and then I went well. Yeah, this is a bit too crazy. So they only built like 500 of those, and then they did another thousand with what they call the B scheme, which is a bit more subtle. But um, yeah, at the time in the late yeah, 60s, early 70s, cool. red, white, and blue thing was a big theme with the AMCs, and they actually released them from the factory with that. You know, it was it was cool. Yeah, yeah no, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, if, to round out our eight, so we can get onto a mag review and eventually give you back to your family. But uh, you got any words of wisdom, mate? You want to put into oh, this section? Always, mate. Always. <laughs> um, everything I, I, everything uh, you say is wise. I've got no doubt. You know. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, I reckon people have gotten a lot better over the last few years. But the whole um, just thing accepting of different makes and models of cars. You know, when I when I first got into it. So the reason I'm into the hot rods and stuff so much is when when I first started driving the Rambler at 19. Yeah, you know, even though it was just a shitty, beaten-up stock, you know, four-door Rambler, it was an American car, and that got me, you know, like an, an entry ticket into all the hot rod and American car events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, and so along with the hot rods, you had all your 55, 6, 7 Chevys and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and and so it's it's it was a part of the car scene you wouldn't ordinarily – you know, get invited to, even if you had like an early Falcon, you know, even though there's no difference between my car and say an XP Falcon. Yeah. You couldn't run up to those events in an XP, even if it was 10 times nicer than my car, you know? Yeah. So there's 
a little, little bit of that elitism, you know. But these days, you know, you basically, if you've got a steel bumper, shit, whether it's a Corolla or a early, like, a East, you know, 30 BMW or whatever or yep. uh, even a Volvo, you know, people are like, fuck, yeah, cool, you know. It's just just the fact that you're keeping an old car going, you know. And, and like you were saying before about EVs, I mean, who knows how long we'll be able to keep driving these, you know, dinosaur fueled um, machines, you know, but... Um, yeah, as long as people realise the impact of, uh, yeah, mining that for those EVs, you know, because, yeah, it's not, you know, like, still got to find the power, you know. I think people yeah. seem to seem to treat it as if we're just plucking the power from the sky and throwing it into the car, but, you know, it's not no. quite the reality. <laughs> and I'd love to have that conversation with someone, if anyone ever... Um, I mean, I always get good, good feedback and good comments on my car whenever I'm driving it, but I'd love some... Clueless, uh, you know, um, <laughs> hippie to come up to me and say, "Oh, you, you know, you're ruining the environment." I'm like, "Mate, I've, you know, I've owned this car for, well, a probably longer than that person been alive, but you know, for thirty odd years, I've kept it going. I've, you know, the old John Butler, you know, what is it? Reuse, recycle, and whatever. Yeah, you know, you're just hot rodders, <laughs> the original bloody environmentalists. You know, they they um saving stuff and they're reusing stuff and they're you know repurposing it and that's that's you know what it's what it's all about absolutely um, but yeah there was was another thing in back to the words of wisdom quickly um I, I reckon there's a bit of a loss of imagination in the in the scene at the moment not wanting to you know cause any dramas but you know the the current trend of cars if you even if you look through a street machine is basically a restored car yep now, like on the outside and the inside, it's pretty much stock, but just with a killer engine and a, and a set of welds or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I've spoken about that a little bit, you know. 10, 15 years ago, you know, people were doing custom interiors and just, you know, tweaking stuff and modifying stuff a, a bit more. And, yeah, fair enough, cars are getting expensive. If you've got a legit GDS Monaro or whatever, I mean, yeah, fair, fair enough. But, you know, people that are, yeah, you know, just that street machine, you know, like, for instance, you know, Craig Parker's XY Falcon, oh, yeah. you know, one of the greatest cars ever built. It didn't really pretend to be a GT Falcon. You no. know? It, it was mm. that wait. car wouldn't get built today though. Now, no. Nah. I got a mate building an XY at the moment, but he just wants tidy Falcon. Just wants a basic white. It's going to have a shaker on it, but it's not going to be pretending it's a GT. You know, yeah. no interest in that side of things. Just something that would have been rolling the streets in the, in the eighties. You know, a bit of tough muscle. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. totally get that. And we see the people in those comments threads that have kind of built that acceptance, I reckon, over the last two years or something. But, you know, I'll always shout Simo out because, you know, he'll hold people accountable for their manners, you know, and I've been doing a bit the same. But sometimes yeah. you drop into those threads now and it's already on, you know. Someone's already said to that guy, hey, you built it the way you wanted to, you know. People are starting to yeah. speak out a little more in those in those forums at least. So it's been good to see. Yeah, or, or when someone puts up a photo of a car from the 80s and they're like, oh, you know, how could you? Oh, geez, you know, it's like, dude, you hadn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I had it's to not do it. say, oh, mate, you were there, but I was like, do you understand yeah. that, you know, this is. I had to do it wasn't it. that hard to do back in those days because nah. they, they weren't anything, you know, they weren't a special car yeah. or anything. I actually wrote there. a comment in Australian Custom Cars History only a couple of weeks back because. I'm over people attacking cars in that group because that group's really all about collating history. You know, opinion shouldn't matter when yeah. you're trying to get as much content as you can. And I've defended cars in that group, and all of a sudden we've had more content on the same car because I've well, why, finally... why are you on that page. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love that page, but why are you on there? Yeah. Yeah, we're only there to see them. We're not there to go, I wouldn't have put those wheels on it. It's like, mate, you wouldn't have been alive in bloody 1959 when those wheels went on, you know? So it's all moot points. But. 
What do you think, mate? Time to get into our magazine review and see what we can find in the uh, September 2022 issue. I reckon it's a good idea. Yeah, good idea. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing what people will get because it. Um, <clears throat> as I was, I was, I've sort of said the last couple. I mean, the, look, the magazine's always good, but we had a few absolutely cracker mags that you know you, you could have picked the whole book, and I think I did a few times. But there's been the last couple have sort of been, yeah, that's okay, that's okay. But this one I found. Man, was really good. Yeah, I've gone pretty heavy on this one, but we might start off with our guest. Uh, what did you get for your top car in this book without, you know, did you favour yourself, mate, by chance, because you stood closer to one, a couple than... <laughs> um, no, look, jeez, uh, it's uh, the deluxe rod shop, you know, FX Holden. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Steve Aldrich's, you know, Deluxe's work. I'm a, I'm a good mate of Steve's. I've done a bunch of stories on his cars. I'm a bit annoyed that uh, who did they give this job to, eh? Who wrote the story? Was it Ian Kelly? Uh, where are we? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and uh, he did, did a great job. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, Steve's cars are always understated and beautifully detailed and cleverly done. Yep. And, yeah, that's... That's just an amazing car. Um, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it. it. I, I couldn't go to Summonats this year, but um, yeah, this is definitely a car that I would have gravitated towards. Um, you know, just yeah, we were LS, but at least he made the LS look like a proper motor. Um, and we saw it down at MotorX, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal car. And you know, you read the story. Basically, every panel's been modified or touched in some way but to look at it you wouldn't know yeah um yeah. and that's the beauty of the car like you, you just think oh yeah it's a nice nice old holding with some big wheels on it and then you look further and it's like wow the the, the work that's gone into it yeah i, I had that as uh, as my second pick so uh we've crossed that one off the list well i had what i called the top car jostle but i definitely had it in there and the only other car that i had in there too was uh pretty much page 56 the vg um, the red VG that was in there. Yep. I just like that car. I really just, yeah, I don't know. I was sort of drawn to it, but probably the opening shot of that article, it looks tough enough to have a bloody Hemi in it, you know, a big Hemi. The fact that it yep. was six kind of had me smile on the minute I turned the page. So um, probably need to yeah, my, my mum had a VE Valiant for a while, so I've got a bit of a soft spot for that era of Valiant as well. So Yeah, well, Philip Hortus, your uh, 70 VG Valiant definitely got a vote off me, mate. But, nah. Just going back to the the humpy, um, the thing I noticed on it, seeing it in the flesh, I I think the I don't think the photos do this car justice in in the colour department. It looks more white. I thought yeah, it, it says more, it's an ivory, so yeah. It, it, I is, thought in the in the flesh it could and it could have been you know all the lights down at Motorex, but I thought it was more of a yeah bit more creamy. But yeah, um, it, yeah it's probably the photos. And yeah, whatever, no, but, I'd go with you on that too. I'd say yeah, it's got more of a. Because when I saw it, I thought, oh, is that is that the is that the car? But uh, of course it is. But it just it just that that main picture. It looks it looks at sort of a, you know more of a white. Yeah. But anyway, well the way green, it's been green, green. you know the way they put the lights on it. Um, mm. Yeah, it it'd probably show up a bit brighter than it yeah. would to your yeah. naked eye. Yeah, we'll talk to Chris Thurgood about that. But um, no, I mean, <laughs> you tell it's not a You definitely tell it's got a bit of a vanilla kind of hue to it. Yeah. Yeah. Now my uh, my top pick was um, 
page uh, 78, the, the Black Mustang. That is just... Yeah. Oh man! I've put that down. That, that's that's how you Mustang. Yeah, I, I've given that. A, I've given that an honourable mention. I opened that article, looked straight at that car, and thought, "Look out! We've got a Mustang to get me over the line." And oh, I mean, I'd normally lean. The... I, I'm normally lean towards fastbacks, pretty heavy, but that just for a '67 coupe, that's tough as shit. That thing, love it. Yeah, that, that was uh, when I mentioned oh, the tough shot that I couldn't remember what it was. Well, that's that's the one I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I bet. The shot on page 83, that rear three-quarter, I'm just so Actually, glad that's the car where the front is down, you know, like uh, this this look. I don't know whether it's to get clearance for headers or whatever. Um, yeah. They have them really low in the back and high in the front. I'm like, yeah, not a fan. That sits... It, Absolutely perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. actually my tough shot as well. So we'll get that. <laughs> <laughs> you can nearly imagine. Oh, man, I just reading that, reading that story once again. Whole heap of engineering and work gone into that car, um, but you wouldn't know it. But I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I am a fan of Mustangs. As people who listen to the podcast will know, but. Sometimes you just find one and it's like, yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, so Paul Thomas, you've nailed it. But, yeah, and again, we know that I'm not as big a fan of Mustangs, but that one definitely got pretty much my first honourable mention. So, And uh, Ben Hosking is still uh, killing it on the photos. Uh, anyone else, anything else for pics or...? Not for um, not on that side of it, mate. Um, going yeah. to the best of the build next for me. Going to page 116. Tim Johnson, the Pontiac Firebird. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a fan of the quarter panel change out. It's had quarter panels changed to Camaro, but the fact that it's going to be that it's built on a budget, running a mild 308 and a Super T10 and a Borg Warner diff, doing it all himself, but all that, you know, probably high-end fab work that, you know, a bloke can just achieve himself in the shed. Look that takes me away from that a bit, Moses, actually, the, the Camaro rear quarters, but I'm not sure how different they are, but I thought, oh... Just the yeah. artificial vents. They have the little artificial vents in the Pontiac ones at the front yeah. edge. So he's just yeah. done it to delete those. So it's kind of here nor there, but clearly a high-end build and being built just by a bloke having a go, you know, and yeah. saving the budget by putting the Neville 8 into a bloody Firebird. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't mind that. And the other one I also got was Anthony Bollock's um, BMW just over the page on page 117. Yeah, I, I had that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> That's should... an easy one. We'll cross that one off. That's I... going to be a cool thing. Oh, hell yeah. It's going to upset a few BMW purists. There's no concern there at all. <laughs> you know, 347 Windsor. Uh, yeah, well, that was my note about it. At least it's not an LS, you know. He's putting a nice motor in it. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so there you go. Well, well, we've all jinxed on there. What else have we got? <laughs> I had, I had uh, page one fifteen with the Mustang with the with the new Coyote motor, and I reckon that's going to be a pretty sweet thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And my, my Brett, Brett Wood. Yeah, I, I really like that. Just the first one, the Jamie Barber's eight Z. Just the fact he did that crazy road trip to go and get it. And then, like any teenager, pulls it all apart because that's the easy bit and then goes, shit, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> it for seven years and then uh, gets back into it. And, yeah, um, yeah. And, and it looks like it's coming along great. And, and it's good that he didn't just completely lose, you know, uh, lose the fashion yeah. for it. Yeah. That back into it, you know. Um, uh, yeah, no, that was that was cool. Um, and what was the other one? Yeah, yeah, Anthony Boldy. So I said, yeah, and... I just like the BMWs, uh, you know, same again. My, my mum had a, uh 
E36 or whatever, and now she's got a more modern one. But they're, they're genuinely a really nice car to drive. And I think even those earlier ones, I've never driven one, but I think they're still pretty decent as well. So mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was sort of saying to Scott, Scotty earlier, there's probably someone who wants to get that painted black and put gold stripes up the side of it. So, you know, it's good to see that it's going down that muscle bloody street machine path. Love yeah, it. but how good are John Player special BMWs? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm hearing it. Oh, my, uh, dare I say it, they were, they were my favourite car back in watching them in Bathurst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those those big 6 Series uh, M6s, whatever they were, 635s, yeah. whatever. Yep. Jeez, they look good. They look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Around. Absolutely unreal. But uh, anyway, no, that's, that was easy. Yep. Uh, Reader's Pride, I've only got the one. <clears throat> Which is uh, Saxon Seville's XD Falcon. I love an XD, and that one's that one's pretty sweet. Page uh, one thirty-five. Yep, yep. And is it my turn? Yep. Yeah, yeah, go for it, mate. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Chris Bywater's uh, VC, and same again. All these things seem to stem back to my childhood. I had an older cousin that had a like a VB SLE Commodore. It was a two hundred two and a manual. Yep. I think it was an SL, maybe it was only an SL, but it was a pretty nice car. It was pretty well appointed for back then. And yeah, we because he was the oldest, he got to drive, you know, all the cousins around and and probably lucky that we all survived, to be honest. But um yeah, just a neat, just a tough, neat, simple car, you know. Um and uh yeah, and I kind of dig just quietly the 740 Volvo as well. I, I reckon they've got a Bit of potential. Oh, you don't have to be you don't have to be quiet here, mate, because I've actually got an asterisk sitting on that Volvo as well. I don't know what I was doing. I'm picking BMWs. I'm picking Volvos, yeah. but no, I just like you know, <clears throat> kind of like the XD, just that boxy shape. You know, yeah. they just just a good uh, good style. I actually know a bloke that's that's actually found a, a mint like one owner bowling club uh, beige 740, but he's putting. A pretty tough LS in it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a fa- always a fan of the um, was it the eight fifty wagon? They used to race in the British touring cars. Yeah. Very similar shape, but they they were bad. The bloody weapon, yeah. those things. Well, the orange yeah. now the orange VC I struggled to look past because my mate Peter Lavery had one, and it was only two oh two auto, but it was orange with the um, the canvas wind back fold back sunroof. Just the vinyl buddy sunroof in the top of it. Oh yeah, and that's my old rhythm guitarist that passed away, and like he was never really into cars, but he really loved this orange VC, you know. And so that one had me smiling. But I also picked uh, <clears throat> Benjamin German for yeah. his for his Benetton BA. Yes, <laughs> on page one hundred and thirty-six, he didn't call it the Benetton BA. No, but yeah, I mean. I seem to be hooked on difference in this magazine and there's definitely yeah. a belly hell of a lot of difference. I, I, did, I did have that one down as well as a pick just because of how, <laughs> how crazy it is. It kind of makes sense. Like, I'm going to go, I need a new panel. I'm going to find the best one I can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because all the panels look pretty good on it. They're just yeah. all different. <laughs> That's it. No, have make, you, make, yeah, make it a theme. Yeah, no, definitely having a bit of fun with it for sure. So, no. Um, we right to go to the Sunday sesh, or was there anything else? Yeah, no, happy to go on to the Sunday sesh, mate. Uh, I only had, I had two. I had um, page one forty three, uh, Chez Chez images, the HK, the black and white HK picture. That was that's a ripper. Yeah, well, I can cross one out right there because that was that was one of mine. And yep. there's also there's also a couple of pictures from Matthias Sheck. It looks like he's touring around the states, and I thought, oh I yeah, think I think there's two pictures in there from him, and they're both sort of around. Look look like he's doing like route 
66 or something. Yeah, I've got one on page 144. Yep, with the with the uh, well, I don't know whether it's a challenger or a charger. I yeah, think. and then the other the one. Challenger. On one, and the one on 143 with the rusty. Kid. So he's he's obviously uh, touring around the states and having a good time by the looks of it. Yep. Mm. I gave Ches uh, Ches images another one. I want to say Che images. I don't know whether it's Che or Ches, but um, the HQ definitely on 145. <laughs> With the crook number plates on it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, pretty tough, pretty, pretty tough, tough shot. Uh, and again, not trying to get up high to get the uh, get the lay of the roof. You know, that's a coupe. I was struggling to pick that bit out. You know, again, it's sort of you cut most of the car out and get a cut, killer photo out of it. So, love it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I, it's an easy one for me because um, uh, it's two of my favourite people. So the one with John D'Agostino and Ma- and Andy Colalillo, um at um, at I'm guessing the it would be Nostalgia Lane at the Sydney show. Yeah. And uh, this they've got their fists together because they're they're showing off the King of Customs ring that Andy's late father Mario won when he took um, a Wildcat to to America. Uh, so yeah. And they're, they're both they're in front of uh, Richard Zocchi built cars. And the the one next to Andy on the left there, that's um, that's the Mark II. Purchased uh, Lincoln Continental, a '56 Continental. It's a gorgeous car. It's just a stunning, stunning car. Yeah. And Andy, so um, when I first started working for Street Machine, my first job was the Street Machine uh, show at um, Rose Hill Racecourse, and the story was called "Smoke on the Water." And it was when I first met his dad, Mario. He had his uh, 40 Ford pickup there, silver with the flames, and he had his yellow 34 coupe. And Andy was about 14 or 15 years old, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a bit older because he was driving. So I don't know whether he had his L plates, but I'm pretty sure he was younger than that. But we were cruising around the you know, the, the car park there in the 40 pickup. So yep. Mario was always really welcoming, was you know always really forthcoming with information about his builds and, you know, always was a big supporter of the magazine. We featured a heap of his cars yep. because he was such a good bloke and because he built killer cars, but because he was always in contact and, and um, you know, pushing the whole custom and hot rod scene, you know, and, and, and he's still a really good mate of mine. He, when he comes to Perth every now and then we catch up and um, yeah, I was just chatting to him the other day. So, no. and he's, he's just carrying it on. He's got a son now who's got no hope he's going to be into cars for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that one. And um, that other shot, it's a bit of a low-key shot, but it's not so much about the photo, but more what it kind of um, uh, reminds me of, and it's just that uh, Glenn, Car- uh, Glenn Casey shot down the bottom of, um, what page is that, 145? Yeah. Yep. So it's just looking across the bonnet, and it's either sunrise or sunset, and it just looks like, you know, the bonnet looks like an oil slick. You know, your paint at that time of the day always looks perfect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and but it's also just that going on, you know, for a cruise like a just, um, just the road, and you're driving for five or six hours. You yeah. know, and, and maybe you know some of your listeners might not do that, but I've you know, I've driven my car all over the country, and you like you leave early in the morning to get where you're going. Whether I'm going to Gazanats in Collie, which is a three-hour drive, or a couple of times I've driven down to Albany, which is a five- or six-hour drive. Yeah. Been out to Kalgoorlie, but I always leave early, kind of beat all that traffic and that sunrise, you know, yeah. is just fantastic. I've got, so, got a heap of those photos out over the bond of the Nash pretty much, but I mean, even tomorrow um, there's a Queen Vic market show on with Rob Ballio and Kingpin Customs, 
And I'm, yeah. I'm really worried I'm going to have to take my Renault traffic van because I think uh, we just had thunder rumble across the top of the studio here and it's supposed to be yeah, 78% pouring. chance it's pouring down it's, tomorrow. So It's yeah. actually it's pouring over Ballarat North as we speak. Oh, that'll be an interesting drive. been busy drive. out here as well all day. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be, one day I'll put wipers on my car, I guess. You know, but anyway, in the <laughs> meantime. Mate, mate, I didn't yeah. have wipers on my car for about 10 years. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah, no, there's plenty on it anyway. No, very cool. Um, um, and really appreciate the buddy lead into the Daniela Giggs photo with Andy in there too. Just, yeah, that was great, mate. Thanks for that. Because it is one unless you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. You know yeah, just so. a couple of blokes, yeah, but there, there, that's the story behind it. That's why I thought I'd point it out just because that's there's a lot of meaning in that photo, you know. Yeah, love it. Have you got us a tough shot, mate, other than the uh, Mustang that we spoke about before? Um, yeah, so um, it. Basically, you can just go to um, Simon Davidson's um, Brashenats coverage and, and pick any pick photo a, that you Pick can, anything out um, of there. Yeah, I'm hearing uh, it. Where'd that go? That's, uh, so that's one of, part of urban warfare, Ar- Arby's column. So uh, Simon Davidson is an amazing photographer who's managed to turn skid photos into fine art, like literally into fine art. He sells them all around the world. Yep. He does these massive prints. And um, Simon... I've worked with Simon since, you know, I started working in Street Machine. So we did a, a road trip to, you know, DLRA, DLRA Speed Week um, back in 2005 and stopped at Howard Astle's place in Broken Hill on the way. And so I've spent a lot of time in the car with Simon. We did Bonneville as well together. We've driven from Melbourne to Sydney. Uh, we, he'd always pick me up in Sydney and drive to Canberra for Summonats in his XM coupe. Yep. So, you know, but, yeah, that, that, that shot, Oh, which page is it? the next one across 126, I think it is. Yeah, that little yellow mini just completely engulfed. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's other photos of that thing. It's on like two wheels where he just about tipped it over. Yeah, on I've seen the video of it coming in too. But I've sort of also yeah. I noticed too he's got a bit of assistance on this one, whereas the last one, so the, um, the story by Mark Blaster, but... The last one that I shouted out was just all Simon Davidson by himself. The story, the photos, the whole lot. Yes. He was the only one man, yeah, did, one man credit, loose fish. The other one, just because I better plug at least uh, one of my, my stories, um, uh, the opener on page 48, 49 for Simon White's HQ. Yeah. Just that, that's a just a tough car. Um, yeah. And I, I love HQs. I've um, saying they kind of go back to my childhood when a cousin had an HQ four door, you know, with a two five three and a three on the tree. So yeah, I've just lost a soft spot for them as well. Yeah, no, they definitely like, came into honourable mentions for sure. That car, because yeah, a bit hard to deny it, mate. It's gorgeous. Now, yeah. um, I've got a tough shot on page fifty seven, which was just again the VG Valiant. Uh, which I just reckon that opening shot of that article was just, yeah. as I say, tough enough to have a bloody, you know, 500 cube Hemi in it, let alone just be running the six. So love that. Uh, the Tunner on page 65, um, just for its crazy bloody cartoon size wheels on the back, uh, down the bottom of page 65. Love that, yeah. tu- that yeah. Tunner shot. And I must have got a bit excited, but page 70, the two um, bottom photos, uh, the HQ wagon. That HQ wagon is freaking insane. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen videos of that thing just launching. It it is absolutely mental, that car. Oh, is that Gup's one? Yeah, Yeah, Gup's HQ. uh, I watched that video the other night. Oh, man, that thing is just... 
Yeah. <laughs> all the nitrous, all the cubic inches and all the nitrous, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I suppose and then the Mudgy racer, Glenn Boxes, um, Ute sitting next to it, the HT Ute next to it as well. I just, I don't know, I saw those and went, well, they're just tough shots as well. So that was me tapped yeah. out a tough shot. What did you have, yeah, AO? I just had the Mustang, mate, that rear view, yep. rear view of the Stang. Yeah, well. Loved that, it. That was I mean, me. there's so much more, but I, I, try and, I try and contain myself. <laughs> yeah, well. I, 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 you know, I do like um, what was the other one I like? Um, oh, that that X uh, XW, just that Boss Nine motor. There's a mm. like, shot. Yeah. Uh, just looking down into the engine bay on that. That's you know, if you're going to have a Ford engine, you know, that's that's the way pretty to do amazing. It. And, and um, yeah, just uh, there's, there's a, yeah, it's, it's tough. There's a lot to. There's a couple of cars, you know, we haven't even really mentioned. Um, I don't know how, how diplomatic you need to be on that. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, I mean, what, we, whatever, mate. So we're up to honourable mentions Yeah, I'm up now, to honourable so, mentions. Um, I've gone for page 88 for the Roadster, um, the Roadster at the bottom of page 88 from the um, an, as an honourable mention, but the Cooley Rocks um, down under Beach Fest. Um, but that, oh, yeah. that channeled Roadster down there. And it's sort of funny because, I mean, I mean, the world's tuning into Aaron Devlin's roads to build at the moment, which I looked at that three times and went, well, no, that's not his car, you know, so yeah. very similar. I wonder stuff. who that is. I wonder if that's a Wilkie car. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah, sure. I'd, I'd just... be interested to find out more, and it might be in the story, but you probably realised yourself we don't quite read the magazine as hard when we're trying to find a whole heap of things to match our criteria. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, no, that's, um, that's one of the young Sydney guys, I think. Yep. He drove it up. Yeah, I remember seeing some photos now, but I, and I should know who that is, but I yeah, because yeah. young Aaron, young Aaron, yeah, young Aaron Devlin from the misled youth, he had his up there from Ballarat, um, yeah. and it's but it's got the upholstered uh, in a you know, wheel arches and things like that, which yeah had me thinking it's definitely along the same lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not nah, very cool. Yeah, and you did you you, you liked I think um, AO you kind of were digging on the C10, so you picked that as a the story I wrote that, um, but that that's a that's a Cool rig as well with um, the LSA in it, but um, yeah, just a, a genuine farm truck that's you know still got all the original paint just with the extra sign writing and stuff on it. But that's um, that's a, actually a legitimately tough ride as well, you know. With a mm. yeah, well, that was actually definitely that was on my next one I wrote. I just showed Scotty, but I wrote definitely page ninety two feature. <laughs> so I was definitely giving that C10 a big shout out. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, yeah, I've said it before. I'm a big fan of the trucks. I'd, 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 uh, I'd certainly have one for sure. Big fan. Yeah. Well, he's um, it's pretty clever that so it's got the 6L80 behind the LSA, but he's actually modified the co- so it's got a column chip like an aftermarket column chip. And yeah, I read that bit. Intense, you know, to make the six speed work with that, you know. So yeah. nice. Yeah, no, because the guy that did all the fabrication on that, Kevin Edwards, he's a yeah, he's real good. He's, he's building some really nice stuff. Always has. Um, he's a works in the mining game. He was a, a, a welding supervisor or inspector in his mid twenties or something. He's been, he's been working on the mine since he yeah. was go up there, and, and uh, now he's yeah, I think um, doing some really good um, good fabrication stuff. There's yeah. just there's just a whole heap of clever people, isn't there? Well, yeah, I love the just, fact they that they can it, just do stuff. Yeah, I love the fact it's been built static low. You know that it's not yeah. that it's not bagged. It's built to ride like that. You know. Yeah. And I think. And said, that's, that's the thing. If you, know, you want to get into some more words of wisdom, that whole built not bought thing. You know that argument. Yeah. Yeah, we all like on stuff, but at the end of the day, someone's still got to build it. You know, yeah. and uh, mm. and some talented craftsman 
who's you know using his hands to do that stuff. It might not be the owner because yeah. that owner, who knows, might run a business and he makes a million bucks a year. Good yeah. on him. He's getting money to some other block so that he can you know mm. use his skills. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. There's there's sort of too much. Yeah, well, probably not so much now, but there was always that. Oh, yeah, he bought it like that, or he didn't do it. It's like, yeah. well, it doesn't matter. No. So someone's but done it. We and shared. I'm I'm not a mechanical person. I I couldn't I couldn't do I couldn't do what you know that Chev. I could I couldn't do that. Yeah. What's on my on my Chev? So it's the way I bought it and. I know my limitations, and and yeah, that's it. There's people out there who will just buy stuff that's already done, and I don't think I don't think there's a problem with that. No, the young no, bloke, no. the young bloke I shared out in Reader's Pride in the last issue who had the XP, the blue XP, he bought at Lloyd's Auctions, and it had the L plates on it, but it's two fifty, it's three on the tree, and even if he had to pay fifty grand for that car, some seventeen year old kid just went and paid that for a Commodore. You know, yeah. it's just, it's cool. It's it's just a cool car, and it's a great choice. You know, whether he could do whether he could build it or just went and bought it. But um, yep. can we go to ninety eight? Well, we're all excited, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Glenn Monday's HQSS Survivor. Yes, big fan. Yeah, better not forget that. How good is that? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's better than any SS I've seen with its LTD tail lights and its uh, three fifty and uh, four hundred manual. It's, yeah. it's it's a cool car and it, um, first one to do a burnout at Summonats. Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing I don't get the hate on, like changing. You know, oh, you know, the, oh, the bumper looks stupid. It's like no, it looks cool. I, and you know, I mean, the three light bumper is the greatest modification you can ever do to an HQ. But yeah, I, I dig all that and I dig WB fronts and all that. But same, I'm old and I remember when they were on cars and no yeah. one engaged. I just like what it does. Like you don't have to like it, but you don't have to yell and scream about the fact that you don't like it. You know, I like the way that things that are a bit divisive test people's manners. You know, and then you know how close you got to stand to them. You know, or whether you go and stand (laughs) back a bit. But you know, they can go. I don't really like that because that's fine. But it's just that that need to attack that I just can't handle. Mm. Oh well, mate, I've been driving the Rambler so long, and you know, people always make fun of that. But yeah, I just tell them, don't worry, mate. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> My car's usually faster than theirs, so I don't care. You know, I've always wanted yeah, that. The plan was always to build it into a, just a tough, you know, street machine, and um, you know that's that's kind of worked out. But I don't care. But it, you know, I think deep down they kind of like it. So yeah, yep, yep. And how good is it? the best thing about the HQ? The name of the colour, lettuce alone. Yeah, uh, they were, they were good on naming colours. That's for sure. <laughs> o Ranger and Hi Ho Silver, all those awesome colours. Yeah, right? I don't doubt they had about ten names for green, probably back then yes. too. You know? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, there's Black Watch Green, Lettuce Alone, March Seventeen. There's, uh, there's three off the top of my head that I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's well, probably more. What are you? What else have you got in honourable mentions, Adrian? I've only got uh, I've got the cover car. I, I couldn't not leave that out. That that's a I love that car. Yeah. Um, and Dirty Q, uh, Boris the the Green Q. I, f- I follow that fella on the Instagram, and uh, I saw um, Mr. Proshon giving it a detail the other week, and I thought, oh man, that. And I I don't like green. I'm not a green green lover, but that thing is unreal. I love it. Yeah. Well, it, it got unveiled at Motivation, and the body and paint on it, like um, so, Neil Moneypenny exclusive FX um, is the guy that did the paint, and mm. yeah, it like just the gaps and and all that on it are uh, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty spot. 
pretty nice precision. Oh, no, it's a, it's, it's one hard. I could just see the videos of him doing a skid. So he he made like top five for grand champion, and he just yeah. on the burnout. I think I think the video. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember his name from ProShine. Yeah, James. Uh, yeah, he he, um, he had it in there. Must have been after he did the burnout because he was scraping the scraping all the rubber off. <laughs> So it, it, and that's that's great to see that a, a car of that level is you know. Yeah. Getting, I mean, I'm, getting I'm, used. You know, this is one of those cars that's restored with a tough motor and a, you know, and welds that I was talking about. Yeah, you are right. But, you know, <laughs> it is. I, I, I do love the stock interiors and, and and all that. And but this is a genuine GDS, you know, Monaro. So. Yeah. Mm. That's why it's not it's not even tub. Like he's got those wheels. It looks like it might be mini tub, but it's not. He hasn't cut it up at all. You know. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. even the SS, the lettuce alone SS, we were talking about. All he's done there is opt for mesh bloody headrests in on those bloody seats. You know. So for all the work and effort, you know, there was still something classically good about a HQ trim. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to make a HQ coupe look bad, I think. But um, anyway, I only had those two honourable mentions. I'm done. Um, you can buy an electric crate motor for six thousand seven hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, no one cares, mate. I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't want to say any more about that. I just want to leave Next. it at that. Um, the Lissa McQueen Ute, uh, page hundred and eighteen. The Iron Maiden Ute. That was just a feel-good tale about a, good, a woman in her Ute like that. Yeah, um, and we're always. The Iron Maiden story. So any of you listen, listeners out there, if you you know you know a, a chick that's got a cool street machine, then do you know send some images in, and yeah, we're, we're always looking for that. And young guns and valiance. We always need more valiance. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, now we were talking about motivation. Was that coming up November? Were we saying, mate? What's the event? Uh, motivations earlier in the year. We've we do have in November is. Um, our local hot rod show, so the Hot Rod and Street Machine Spectacular. Yep. Um, for full disclosure, I'm actually on the organising committee for that. I had been since 1995. Yep. Uh, from when I lived in Sydney. But, yeah, I just helped do some of the, you know, advertising stuff and just help, you know, organise the show and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's – our last show was 2019, so we're now just ramping up the organisation for, for this year's show. So hopefully everything will go well and, um, yeah, have a, have a big show. So, yeah. Oh, good very, stuff. Very good. That's that's the week after the Adelaide. So Adelaide has their custom extreme auto expo, whatever. I keep forgetting what it's called, but they they have their show, and then ours is the weekend after. Yep. And the, hopefully, because I got a call from the owner, from Brian Imlack, uh, that amazing '34 Chevy sedan. You know the brown. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the car. Chevy, the Lux Rod Shop built. Well, he's planning to go to the Adelaide show and then bring the car to Perth so it'll be in the Perth show oh, the following week. Worth going and check that out. That was at Motor uh Motor X yeah. yeah. Pretty amazing build. And that'd be yeah. a ki- that'd be a killer road trip. Family in Perth, so he's just looking for an excuse to come over and uh, <laughs> Adelaide's close enough to Perth. <laughs> no, good stuff. Um anything else? I've already got Lennon's picks here to go through, but unless anyone else has got something to go. No, fire away, mate. What was the lad keen on? Uh, his first pick was Dirty Q because it looks like Donnie. Yep, there you go. And then um, he liked the, the white uh, burnout car, Power Skid, because it was doing a skid. Yep. <laughs> and then he uh, he was on the Mustang as well because it's got the same wheels as the Chev. Yep. So there you go. Actually, I just I just thought of something. I don't know whether you were planning to talk about this. You mentioned it briefly the Smoty. Have you got a you got a pick? Yeah, for the, that's what we're meant to do. Yeah, 
Yep. Um, yeah. Look, I know. I know Moses is pretty keen on on the green Hilux, but I I can't go past Joven's uh, HK. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is just. That'll be a tough car to build, uh, to beat. Um, but yeah, the, if you notice, yeah, just the last standing car really got their social media happening, and it is you know, Street Machine of the Year is genuinely a, a reader's vote. But now well, with all is, yeah. online stuff, you know, you can you can market your build. Um, and because I, I, when I used to live in Sydney and work in the office, that we were literally hand counting. Um, yep. Just, you know, so yeah, they, they, they come in thick and fast, that's for sure. But um, yeah, well, I haven't voted. I haven't. My, my pick is the HK. I love that car. It's, oh, it's just. I mean, look, I I love that. I I love that Hilux, and I'm pretty sure when it was in the magazine, we 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 picked it out uh, as a, as a feature. But no doubting, amazing build, and what and what um, uh, what's the name Jasmine has done to it is absolutely. Yeah. Unreal! What and, and look, if it wins, good good luck. But I, I've got to go with my heart, and that that red HK Monaro is just—it's—it's yeah. it's an unbelievable car. How was that Corolla? Oh, the Corolla's pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised if that actually goes pretty well either, to yeah. be honest. But, yeah. um, I just remember at MotorX, just—I reckon I walked around that HK five or six times, just yeah. <laughs> just yeah. in awe. Now, awe. now I'm not solid, you know. I mean, yes. I'm on the record for shouting out Chad Ribbons way too many times, bloody last yeah. year, and he won, you know. But at the moment, I've I've handed it over to Scotty. I'm hoping he'll tell me what's his favourite out of just having a rough look. But yeah, hang on, what do you got, Scotty? <laughs> How good's that mighty boy? Yes. <laughs> have you have you seen the video of me in it? Oh fuck no, I haven't. I read this. We read the story. <laughs> oh, holy shit. <laughs> uh, there is a video during the rounds. I think it's on TikTok. Um, and so after he won Grand Champion, so I reckon I have just, seen it. Sorry, I reckon I did see that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, I said, oh yeah, let, let's drive back. You know, and I jumped in, didn't put the seatbelt on because it's got harnesses, thinking he might do a little bit of a skid and then just put off. <laughs> and Simon, being Simon, yeah, you know, he's, he's a skid guy. He's got docile HQ one toner and uh, or H, yeah. JXZ one tonner, all the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did about three helis and he was testing out his uh, cutting brake, the handbrake. Yeah. Uh, it's got like a drift brake in it where it locks each front wheel independently. <laughs> and then what had actually happened, it, it, the master cylinder had blown a, a, a seal. Yeah. And um, yeah, when we were pulling up to the other cars, the brakes had completely failed and we ended up having to pick a gap between the that dirty Q, the green HQ in this magazine. <laughs> Simon Birch and Simon White are really good mates. Yep. Um, a 64 Chevy Lowrider um, that's full of custom engraving and <laughs> limestone walls. So he picked this gap, which was only just big enough for a mighty boy. <laughs> you know, four or five, um, you know, through the air and came down on the front left wheel. And I thought, here we go. We're going to tip over onto our roof. And, um, yeah, luckily it just kind of survived it really well. It, it scraped. <laughs> I think the only damage was a scraped exhaust and it dented the headers with the, when the suspension arm kind of bottomed out. Yep. Uh, and, a, and, a, and a fair bit of brake fluid on the inside of the car. But, um, geez, that was a fucking <laughs> fuck moment. I'll have to go and take on the stadium truck circuit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good yeah. to see. So that, and that's an amazing car. Like, you know, if you ever get the chance to see that in the flesh, and hopefully you'll get it yeah. across to somewhere. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, 
yeah, it's it's a really really clever car and really nicely done. Yeah. We're getting distracted, but anyway, but that yeah, yeah, no, that's all right. But yeah, so I'm still still yet to buddy yet to phone in my uh, my vote, but yeah, definitely. Just I don't know, love seeing it done, you know. And Chad Ribbon's shouting out Jasmine, and that might be bloody, you know, swaying me a little at the moment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, early days for this guy yet. He can make up his mind at the eleventh hour, I reckon. So, what's your favourite, <laughs> the Mighty Boy, mate? That's it. Oh, uh, seriously, I think that XB Falcon, the back end on that's just. The black XB. That's the turbo one. <coughs> yeah. Yep. Hard yep. top. Well, it's very reminiscent of um, the old fat GT, the the Mark Miosovic's one from Perth that was on a cover many years ago. Yeah. But, but, yeah, it's a tough angle to, to go past. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, well, it all will be revealed. Uh, when do they usually reveal this? January? December. No, it's usually this end of December or something, isn't it? Yeah, we know some announcers when they give give out the big the big check. Um, yeah. So yeah, it must be around the December issue. So yeah, to the the email went out a month or so ago to pick you know pick your favourite sixteen cars, and to go through we've now got thirteen issues of Street Machine a year because we have the yearbook. Yeah, you got to go through, and you kind of you can only pick one car from each magazine, and and then you know a handful of others. It's it's tough, you know. So yeah, yeah. we all come up with different picks, and then someone somehow works out the top sixteen. I don't know how they do that, but that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, tough. And if you haven't voted, voting closes midnight the twenty second of September. Just so people are aware, can't say you didn't have an opportunity to vote. Yeah, oh. you can just do it online as well now, can't you? Just scan the code and scan the code, and it takes you straight there. Yeah. Oh, I haven't done it yet. I, I did do it for the young Smody, but I haven't done it. I will. I will uh, jump in. And you never know. We might win a couple of grand. Did you, did you throw a vote? Yeah, I did try the other day, but it wasn't. It must have been before the magazine came out, so the website didn't go yeah. to the vote. So, yeah, that's probably open now. Have you got a pick for the Y Smody, mate? The young Smody, Boris. For me, yeah. Have you had a look across them? Have you got a pick for those? I, I, I can't. I did look through them, but I can't remember offhand now. Yeah, um, no, that's all right. We never. Yeah, pretty yeah. sure I did put a vote in, but I've forgotten. Yeah, old age. Nah, all good. <laughs> that's okay. We can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> music chat. Yep. Anything we've been listening to of late? Uh, me or Boris? Anyone? Bor- I Boris. What do you What do you Anyone? listen to, mate? Uh, what sort of tunes do you I'm, crank? I um actually I'll, I'll preempt this. Do you, can you can you write and listen to music, or do you get distracted by lyrics? Like is you know, when you're in the I'm office and you're nailing a story, mate. I can't even watch TV and have someone talk to me. I you know like yeah yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Um, yeah, my kids use that excuse when they're doing homework that they're listening to music and it helps them concentrate. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm the same uh, as you. Then in that uh, regard. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, as I as I drive around the car, I normally put on stuff like you know, Alan Jackson and David Ball and George Strait and Merle Haggard and just just good good old country music and with good guitars and good harmonies and good vocals and funny lyrics and all that. You know, I, I like I like a bit of that. So yeah. yeah, and 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 my you know the stuff I grew up with, all that seventies and eighties rock and roll. You know, Springsteen and John Cougar Mellencamp and Cold Chisel or you know. Yeah. Well, they haven't changed much over the years. <laughs> no, very we cool. We sort of seem to get set in our ways. Like, that's just that's just par for the course. Like, you know, my my mum is always Elvis. That'll never change. You know, 
I've I've always been uh, you know Pearl Jam that grunge thing and that that hasn't that hasn't gone away after nearly thirty years. <laughs> so I think you just get you just get it. And not that I'm you know I don't it's I, I listen to new music and if I like it I like it. If I don't, I don't. But yeah. well, that's the thing with my kids. I'm exposed to stuff because oh, I put my playlist on. You know, so you hear. <laughs> Why is there so much swearing in this music? <laughs> Which I saw, I swear a lot, but I just don't get swearing in music. It kind of bugs me. Um, but uh, <laughs> sounds like an old person. But yeah, I just I just like music that's got um, especially good harmonies, and that's why I'm I'm kind of drawn towards that you know country and western. And and I like I was a massive fan of the Eagles as well um, yeah. because you know, and I'm lucky enough to see them a couple of times. Talking about harmonies, well, they're just yeah, amazing. Yeah. They're, you know, get, you know, three and four part harmonies. You know, to me, there's nothing better. You know, being a, a WA local, you you would have heard the Waifs. Yeah, they're yeah. Uh, if you like the harmonies, they're um yeah. they're unreal. At that yeah, and Perth, Perth's got a you know always has had a very good live music scene. And I, you know, right from when I was um, old enough to go to the pub because I had mates that were musos from high school. I was always going to live bands, so I never went to nightclubs and listen to DJs, it was always live music and um you know, even even uh so you know, Diesel, um, Mark Lazotte, I used to see him in a band called the Innocent Bystanders in the you know, in the late eighties and then he started Johnny Diesel and the Injectors with another guy, John Dalziel, who was a bass player, and I'd go and see those guys with you know, there's like me and twelve other people in the pub. Yeah. And then mm. all of a sudden and he always, you know, Mark Lazotte always said, I'm gonna be famous one day and he was it was correct. Yeah, he knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I just, I just love the, you know, just good guitarists, and I've been to the Tamworth Country Music Festival a couple of times, and you know, you just really learn to appreciate good musicianship, you know, and um, and yeah, you'd, you'd know that Moses, just uh, some, some of the best guitar pickers that country players. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Although some of the country players that I've seen possibly couldn't stand next to me favourite metal guitarists and play along. <laughs> But you know that's me too. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's even about the music. It's the intricacy of the really you know powerful metal that sort of gets me a bit. But yeah. um, but then this week I've been doing a little bit of research. I found out. Well, I suppose on the metal side, Mudvayne have got a new presence on the stage. They're going from four members on stage to five. But he was only a guitar tech within the band, and he had been playing backstage and singing backing vocals backstage. And now he's all make up and on the stage. So there you go, Scotty. Any time for Mudvayne? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. Now another bit of trivia I learnt this week was that Backman Turner Overdrive song, uh, "You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet." The chorus was written because their manager had left and their manager had a profound stutter. So the ba 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 baby was <laughs> a piss take on that manager, and then they right. recorded a version without it, and the record label didn't want to know about it. So that's how that became a hit. That's just stutter <laughs> stuck. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. it. Um, there you go. ZZ Top, I got a new live album out called Raw. Um, it's a soundtrack album to a concert. So now, and I lost a whole heap of time doing some research into Adam Ant, who I tried to channel at the start of this episode. Um, a documentary I'd recommend The Madness of Prince Charming which was a fantastic recap with an open discussion around his own bipolar disorder and using mania to cope. So he was the busiest man in the in the genre, but he'd be going from a trousers bloody fitting to a rehearsal to a buddy, you know, and just kept himself as busy as he could. He broke band members, um, but all because of his own uh, mental 
disorder that he had. Found out also um, he had a couple of stalkers that decimated his life at one time, time putting him in the nut house. But if you look at anything from um, Adam Ant recently where he's talking about his life, yeah, it's, it's fascinating stuff. And even I'm listening to some tunes because I was never really a fan, but he's bloody quirky as, like he's styling just compared to everything else that was happening even back then when he was making hits. But 15 number ones in the USA... At 32 years of age, he decided to have a bit of a rest um, and, yeah, back laying now. But, no, it was good stuff. But the press were horrible. The press, like, reported really heavy around <laughs> his... What's that? What are we... <laughs> so, so I just noticed the AI shirt. <laughs> oh, there you go, twins. Oh, look out. Bloody HQ tragics. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's awesome. Sorry, That's awesome. sorry to throw that in there. That's, that's the simulation, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, this yeah, is the same. That was a similar time to, like, all the stray cats and, and that, you know, it's a, uh, almost a bit of a rockabilly vibe to it as well. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And I'd actually recommend I'd recommend the other doco, which was A Day in the Life Of, which is from 1981. So they just follow him through his normal day. And this is before, I suppose, he was revealing around his condition, but just shows that crazy passion. But, you know, even when he had um, – oh, and when he had issues, like they had an intervention and he walked into the door of this intervention where they reckon he had a few issues going on and he just handed everyone presents and walked out as fast as he could, like did an intervention like speed dating. Um, <laughs> but the press were horrible. And then when he was sort of exonerated around a bit of court stuff, then the press come out and said how amazing it was that he was exonerated, you know, playing both sides of the conversation. But – Yep, look into Adam Ant if anyone's keen. And I'll stop talking about Adam Ant now. That's two more pieces of paper going on the floor. I was I watched Suicide Squad movie the other night, the John Cena version. Have you seen it? No. So they've given him a character called Peacemaker and they've given him his own TV series. And, you know, you're watching these TV series and you're you're binging them, so you, you always skip the intro. But I cannot skip past this friggin' song and the the... The intro to this TV series is just fucking incredible. Yeah. It's well worth a look. Um, so All catchy. Right. The band's Wigwam. Yeah. They're like a Norwegian glam metal. They're a bit sort of piss-takey Steel Panther type. Yeah, so check them out. We'll put them on the playlist. Yeah, no. Yes, add on. Love it. You took some notes around the Boris inclusions, mate, for the playlist. You, you talking to me or yeah, Scotty? Yeah, no, you. <laughs> uh, I don't take notes. You might have to listen to the episode to get them as they come yeah, through. Yeah, I, I wrote down some country names, but uh, I'll take note when we um, when we put it put it live. I'll uh, write them down and we'll get them onto the playlist. But um, got to, you got to put. Uh, there's a song by well, I think it was originally Jimmy Buffett, but Alan Jackson does a great version called "It's Five O'clock Somewhere." Yeah. So if oh, you yeah. have an excuse to you know have a beer, there you, you go. Just put that song on and just start drinking. So. Love it. Love it. Right. Speaking yeah, of five o'clock, it's it's nearly there, isn't it? Well, for us, <laughs> Boris, not. not. I'm, I'm, real, I'm real. I'm real quick with the music. I've like with Armchair Expert now having four episodes a week. It's a bit hard to get through. But in between that, um, Pearl Jam released a bit of a classic live recording from. Would you believe twelfth of August, nineteen ninety three? So we're near. Well. well it's the 13th, but anyway, close enough. Yeah. Uh, live at Seattle, Vault 9, and um, sort of back when they really only had, you know, two or three albums and all those good songs, Eddie was really angry back then. Yep. He seems to have mellowed <laughs> in the last little while, but he, he was an angry. 
Yeah. He was an angry boy, but um, just good to hear that old that old stuff. Um, uh, as far as anything else music related, I've, I've finished watching that train wreck on Netflix about Woodstock '99. Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, to say the least. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! Uh, look, I don't know whether anyone's seen it, but um, I'm sure people listening might have seen it. But here's here's a, my bit of my take on it. America generally don't have a good relationship with grog for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why. And it could be that they're not allowed to drink till they're 21. I don't know. Not saying Australia does either. But you know, I've been to enough. Sound waves and big day outs. Granted, not two hundred thousand people, but the carry on at Woodstock '99, and yeah, you've got some blokes in there saying, "Oh, you know, American Pie came out. That's why blokes, you know, you know, guys were trying to grab chicks." And then you got Fight Club came out the same year. That's why people were being violent. Well, no, no. No, that that's just bullshit. But I just think they were a bunch of flogs, most of them. And yep. <laughs> I mean, clearly they were upset with shit. But I mean, 1999. Um, yeah, they're complaining about the prices of bottled water and food. It's like, well, have you not been to an outdoor festival concert of any type? Like, did you not know food and everything's double the price where you're going? Like, that's it, right. there's just yeah. no excuse. I don't think there's any excuse. And look, you you can throw blame on those. Uh, organisers, they had the security was pretty fucking rank. Um, and then to give out 100,000 candles at the end, like, what the fuck they think was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was intense. That was, and look, to be honest, I don't know why, but I don't, I, I don't, I knew nothing about it. I, for some reason, yeah. I, I didn't off my radar, ne- radar too back then. I never, I knew it was on. But um, I probably knew more about the one they had. They had another one in '94, I think, didn't they? And that was the only success, success really. Yeah, because I, I can remember seeing Green Day playing in that like a twenty fifth anniversary or something. Yeah, was it? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. And uh, but anyway, that's that's my music chat for the for this for this month. Um, podcasts. I've been listening to um, one I've started on, which is probably going to take me away from music a bit. Come Town. <laughs> Sorry, it's not exactly it's not exactly PG, but it's pretty fucking funny too, you know. So, yeah, and it's an offshoot. They were calling it After Hours or something, and then they must have turned around and just renamed it as Come Town. But it was an offshoot from another podcast that had a fair bit of banter going on. So, um, okay. yeah, it's a good listen. But yeah, otherwise, never late podcast playlist. Thoroughly recommend it. Someone asked me the other day if I could send them a link to it, so people might be still struggling to find our playlist. I think if you just type those four words in, you'll yeah, I'm pretty come sure up. it just just comes up under the playlist. But yeah, no, uh, we can probably put it on our Facebook page or something. Yeah, put is it attached what? to the link tree? Not the not the um, not the playlist. Not the playlist. Oh, that's probably where anyway. that might be where Danny Dave struggled to find it. But I got him a link. We got him in tune. No. That's probably a podcast. I think it's an episode. What do you think? An hour and a half. Yeah, good stuff. What do you think, Boris? Been all right? Yeah, mate. Awesome. Yeah, sorry if I spoke too long, but uh, nothing no, worse than, good. you know, when you ask a question, you get a two-word answer. So No, I really appreciate it, <laughs> no, mate. It's been, uh, it's been good. Um, this what past you we've had Simo on and and now now yourself it's it's been it's been great and I, um, I actually listened to the the last one you had with Aiden and um, I actually met him a few years ago at Motorex and yeah really good that bloke 
Oh. Really good. Yeah. yeah. And he, he was really young, was like just, yeah. you know, trying to figure out how to get into the, you know, the whole scene and, and what he's done, especially with that 3D modeling is just mm. yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah, and even you ta- and even when you take his story back to meeting his heroes, like how young he was right then, to you know to get to get that time as well, you know, and get the sketch into the sketchbook, and no, it was really good. So yeah. really happy. Um, yeah. Appreciate your time from coming uh, from sunny WA, mate. Like um, I said, it's been raining all day. I just my my daughter got soaked at netball. It didn't didn't stop uh, raining. Well, it stopped raining as soon as the game finished. Well, that's probably all the rain that's coming over here. I'm looking at the weather. It's supposed to be pretty much raining. Well, if the weather is accurate, it looks like it's going to be raining all week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that's probably what's coming over from you. Yeah. So, um, we had two days of good weather and it's just been raining otherwise for the last week. So Yeah, yeah well, it's quiet on the roof here right now, so it's probably a good time to wind up an episode and me for head, head myself for home. Yeah. <laughs> no, appreciate it, mate. Thanks very much for jumping on. No, no worries. Thanks a, for the invite. Give it a clap, Scotty, and we'll sign off. Yeah. Thanks, chaps. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.